What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You're listening to Strictly Anonymous on the Riotcast Network. Riotcast.com Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your free flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you haven't subscribed to my show, subscribe to my show wherever you listen to it. We're on Riotcast Network, so you could go to riotcast.com slash anonymous and subscribe to my show there or on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever you listen to my show. If you can write a review for my show, that would be really great. I'm getting my website done, so I'm going to have my website because I have the URL for it. I just never fixed it. <laughs> uh, so that'll be coming soon. If you want to follow me on Twitter, Follow the show at Strict Anonymous or follow me at Cartoon Therapy. Um, two guys who listen to my show, or actually two guys who are on my show, started a Reddit page, uh, and you could go there. And this was like for people who want to go online and uh, talk about the episodes and the people that were on and like chat with other people about it. So you could go to uh, reddit.com backslash let's talk SA podcast. That's uh, how you find it. Um, so if you want to discuss the shit that's going down, go there and discuss it. If you want to be on my show, send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. I'm always looking for people to call into my show. Lately, that's all I have to do. Like, I don't even have to go on Craigslist anymore because I just get so many emails from so many listeners and it's great. Um, so if you want to be on my show, this is a call and advice show where I talk to total strangers about their secret lives, their private lives, their interesting lives. I talk to people that have problems that need solutions, <laughs> unprofessional solutions, or what I would call advice. Um, so if you fall into any of those categories, send me an email at strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. Marco, who I have on today, sent me an email. He's, uh, he sent me an email cause he had listened to Owen the Owen uh, podcast and Owen was a guy who was bi, I think. Um, and Marco, when he first emailed me, said he was like a Christian guy that had come out of the closet as a bisexual, right, to his wife because he's married and has kids and all that kind of stuff. Um, but by the time we scheduled the, like to have the call and got on the call, he was gay, so which is a very different thing. <laughs> and uh, that didn't happen like in a six month period. It's not like he emailed me six months ago and said he was bi and then he had this epiphany six months later. This was like a couple days later. Um, and we got on the phone and we talked all about it. And because it had just happened, like seriously, like just happened, this is a guy who like has been living a life as a Christian, as a man who was like seemingly heterosexual. And then he realized he was bisexual. And then he came to the conclusion that, you know, he's gay. Um, that's like a heavy thing, I think, to go through, right? And we were talking and he called and we taped the episode like right when that hit him. Uh, so he's a little bit like he talks like really fast and he says a lot of things and he's like uh, a little bit, I don't wouldn't say dramatic, but it's it was hard sometimes to like follow him because he was just like spewing out information. But I think it was like the timing of our call. Uh, he's pretty self-aware. He knows what the fuck is going on, even though it took him a while to figure it out. <laughs> he definitely puts all his shit out on the table and we talk about it. We talk about how and why he got married in the first place. We talk about him being a Christian and how that sort of 
you know, affects his life. And we talk about how he figured out he was bi and then how he ultimately came to, ultimately came to the conclusion that he was gay, which just happened. And I'm assuming because I taped this a couple of weeks ago that probably a lot more shit has gone down with him. So we'll I'll probably get an update with him uh, soon anyway. Um, but uh, that's the whole thing. You just got to listen to it. You know, he's, it's interesting. So <laughs> I'm going to be right back on with Marco. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Uh, hey, Marco, you're on the Strictly Anonymous podcast with Kathy. How are you doing today? Good. You're doing good? Are you really doing good, Marco? Because I know I know you emailed me because you <laughs> wanted to connect with a caller of mine, a previous caller named Owen, right? And you wanted yep. to talk to him because you were going through something very similar, uh, right? He was, and the thing was, he was a guy who was bisexual, right? And yep. you recently, and he was, was he Christian too? Because I know you're, are you, you're Christian, right? Is that the whole thing? Could you just tell yep. me what your deal is, yep. right? You're Christian and you're bi and you are in the middle, like right now in the middle of it, coming out to your wife or you came out and like you're dealing with the ramifications of it or right? Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So yeah, I, you know, have two kids and a third on the way. Uh-huh. And I am a Christian from a conservative background and yeah, I just came out to my wife, you know, as a technical bisexual homo emotional, which I didn't even know through therapy. What the hell is uh, homo emotional? I don't know. That just means gay. So uh- <laughs> what it is, which is So gay. you're not bi, you're gay. Um, <laughs> So that was really the revelation of the last two weeks. And oh. And we've been chatting for more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really what I, I'll delineate, right? So it's the same yeah. sex attraction based on emotional and romantic pursuits as opposed to purely, you know, trying to grab the dude off the pride parade and trying to doink him in the ass. Right. Mm-hmm. Just a sexual thing, which would you would be more considered by. Correct. So, like, for example, I'm highly functional with women. Um Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, I'm not turned on emotionally or romantically in those ways. Whereas you know, With- if pursued by a man and allowing my guard down, um, that'll be exponentially better than you know how you feel with the woman. Functionally, I think absolutely. Oh, that's so interesting. So you are definitely gay. I mean, that would be the difference, right? Like, you might be like a gay person who, like, because you could get hard, I'm assuming, with women, and you've been married, you've had, you're having three, you know, you're about to have a third kid. So you obviously can perform with your wife, right? So let's get to the the whole backstory. Yeah, wild sex? Sure, we just had wild sex last night. (laughs) I I mean, telling her, has that improved your guy's sex life? Yeah, I would say so. Really? Way closer as friends. Mm-hmm. But, like, it takes, so it's it's highs and lows. There's a lot of trust that's required in that. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of transparency. So, I mean, I think if you start probing in those areas, I think some good gems will come out that you'll be like, bullshit. Right. What do you mean? In the areas of, like, what went down in your history? I'm going to probe, like gonna probe all of that. Yeah. For exactly, yeah. Like honestly, I think you'll be shocked if you start asking those questions. Well, that's uh, well, duh. You've listened to my podcast. I want your whole fucking history. Right? We got an hour, and yeah. this is like the end of the story. But I want the beginning. Okay, like I like that we started yeah. with the end result. People know what the deal is. I still want more of this ending. But what I want is like the beginning. How you worked up to this? Because I really believe, especially because with men, it's so much more taboo. I think, or like unacceptable. Well, you know, I guess with the buy thing, it's more common for women or more acceptable for women but with the gay thing I think it's equal on both ends still a little bit you know especially if you're a little bit older like you know people just don't want to sort of cop to it it's still something that people you know it's not totally acceptable right and people are getting married having kids and living double lives like you are so I think that it's like a common thing right and so other people might be in your position and I think it's so fucking ballsy and amazing 
that you actually came out and were completely honest about who you were in the middle of like your marriage and your life that you created, especially considering the fact that I, you obviously told your wife while she was pregnant about to give birth to your third baby. I don't know about that timing, <laughs> but we'll can't discuss that. Yeah, I can't. Believe I don't know. That about, true. Yeah, I that don't know. True. I don't know about that timing, but we'll we'll get to that. But I mean, I think it's like pretty amazing that you did it, and I think that that's great, and I think people would want to hear that story, and some people need to hear that story because, like I said, maybe they're in your position. So, how old are you now? So I'm 34. Okay. And when did you meet your wife and how long you've been married to her for or with her together? Yeah, I met her when I was 25. Okay. And she was 28. Mm-hmm. So she's a little older. Now, and when did you know that you were into guys? Like before that, before your wife, like let me get your backstory like with sex is concerned, like when you lost your virginity and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I go like real all back. the other pantyhose. Yeah. Sure, it was like with all the other pantyhose guys, it's like kind of weird you're going to laugh at this, but it was like, uh, I think I was like 18. Oh, you, know, you were one of those. Yes. No, it's not I bullshit. It's interesting. Ones. Yeah, no, no, it's interesting, you know. So before you were 18, did you have any feelings of being attracted to men as well as women or either? Like, I mean, what was going on with you, like with your hormones, you know, before you were 18? That's what I don't get with people that are jerking off to their 18. What are you doing with your yeah, sort you, of oh, sex, sexuality before then? Damn good question. And um, you asked that question, I think, of some of your previous podcast guys yeah. who are in the same situation that I am. So I've already asked that question to myself, which was, you know, I think really, you know, it started around when I was eight. And again, what attracted me to Strictly Anonymous was literally similar, I think, to one of the pantyhose guys. Um, you know, researching it. Um, mm-hmm. And like right when I was eight, I started wearing my mom's pantyhose. Um, uh, mm-hmm. And I have no idea as to why. And I think that is partially, you know, it's, you know, really one of the first things where I'm like, damn, you know, like, not necessarily that I'm like, you know, I think I was emotionally dependent on my mom more than I was my dad due to familial issues. And so uh, my dad was a pretty much a conservative um, provider who's like, if I just pay for all your food and send you to college, you know, I don't have to emotionally connect with you. Right. Uh-huh. And I think I'm built in, now that I know that I'm gay, I was built and wired in a way where I really needed way more from my dad that, that you weren't getting. Normal man, right, right. Or normal or that you didn't get. Getting. So, uh-huh. And so I think that's one of the biggest realizations of coming out gay is during that time, I had nothing else really to go to. So it's like, that was really a way I think really, really subliminally and subconsciously I was able to get close to, you know, my mom was when she wasn't there or whatever, you know, to be able to put them on. And then honestly, I never really masturbated until I was like 12 or 13, maybe, maybe actually probably a little bit sooner than that, like 11. I was exposed to porn right around 10, mm-hmm. 10 and a half, which is fine um, for my older brother. And I was like, well, wait, did you look at gay porn and shit during your, your, your walk? I'm like, dude, I can look at any porn and look at the dude. Okay. Like, right. Right. You don't need gay. gay. Right. <laughs> right. I just right. need to see a penis. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and I you think knew I just, that at that young I, age? I, like at that young um, so, age was like, when no, was the first time you saw a penis and you were like, wow, like, you know what I mean? Honestly, not until like, uh, this is so fucking weird because like functionally, like in culture, I was so repressed and in denial of my sexuality that I didn't really know until like literally this last couple of weeks, like that I'm wanting, you know, a, to give a blowjob, for example. Okay, but we've been emailing. I know it's Wait, no, 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 no. It's so it's so interesting, and there's so much, and I just want to make sure I don't miss anything, and that's why I'm going to go back to the beginning again. Like, but I, I just want to say, like, we've been emailing for longer than maybe you even knew you were, because I think when you first emailed me, you were like, "Bye," right? Did you just figure out since we've been emailing that you're actually gay? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay, yeah. that's what so I, I had. I a, right. yeah. So maybe that maybe it's helpful to understand. Like, so I've never I've never been with a guy. Okay. So that's a piece of data point. So I've yeah. never been with a guy. Um, I've never as much as given a dude a bro hug. So I'm more of like a bro on the mm-hmm. you know, scale, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm not really into feminine guys at all. Uh-huh. Um, and so I have in my conservative Christian arena many dudes uh-huh. that act and are like that. And so I'm able to satisfy that kind of surface level connection and so my by allowing them really to be that way opinion. with you you mean 
Yeah, so like it was really a nice barrier and a wall from, you know, really wanting to pierce those those barriers. And then once I, you know, I, I joined a um, kind of a group of kind of recovering Christians that have come out as gay, and I talked to somebody actually over the phone, and I know all your perverted minds are thinking, oh, phone sex and video sex. And, you know, obviously those thoughts come and, and go through your mind. But really what happened was I actually just talked to a gentleman on the phone um, who was married with, many more kids than I was, a little bit older than I, and he started talking to me, and I got this, like, emotional welling in my chest that was, like, exponentially bigger than anything I'd felt um, emotionally and romantically with my wife, mm-hmm. even though, like, of course, the sex was amazing, and, like, I could still get it up and function well, and mm-hmm. that's what made this thing so fucking confusing for me, right. Kathy, was the fact that I literally was, like, being a functional friend, functional partner, functional dad, functional sex partner, but all those other like love languages, which again is so fucking cliche yeah. that I wasn't, you know, feeling, but also my wife wasn't feeling. And actually that's really the trigger point in our marriage was we became so spread so thin and my wife's like, I feel so lonely, but I'm sitting there like pulling back. I'm like, my God, like we're around each other all the fucking time. Like, how do you feel so lonely? You know? And I wasn't meeting her naturally those romantic and emotional ways that I think once I had that emotional welling and talking, even just talking just about to how that he guy, came out right. gay, like, uh-huh. I'm really emotionally going, and I was like, holy fuck, like, literally, like, dude, pre-cum running out my, you know, into my pants for literally two, three hours, I mean, it was like, it was literally like... So, but it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't just like a... Lot. It was crazy. But it wasn't just like a one, it wasn't just like, just a sexual sort of uh, feeling, it was the sex combined with the emotional kind of thing that you absolutely. had never experienced and before, that, and that's what was different, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's where I'm saying, like, it, it, it's just like, dude, that to me was the, I mean, it was a kick in the face. And it was like, I was looking for a sign like that uh-huh. because it really was confusing because I was so functional. And I use that term because it really is true. Like, not like from an outsider's perspective, even on a, as an insider's perspective in the marriage. Like, I had no problem being a dad and I had no problem being, you know, going out and doing stuff with my wife and, you know, actually feeling authentically within the world that I was living in. Well, you, you probably know, really liked life. her as a person. Because, like, listen, it's like having a really great friend, right? Like, Absolutely. And there's a lot of, actually, now that I am gay, like, there's a lot of gay characteristics that I saw in her that she actually is more masculine than feminine in certain ways. Oh, and I interesting. I totally see why I was attracted to her. Because she was more like a guy. Where I'm at, where it's like, oh, my God. She, she, yes, she's a, yeah, and, and again, I, for confidentiality, I don't really want to say anything really about her profession or background. Yeah, that's stuff, cool. But there's many things that would attribute to that direction. She's a wrestler. Is that what you're trying to say? No, I'm just joking. Uh, yes, absolutely. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying last night. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, I, you know, I'm like kind of like a guy girl, just in my personality, not the way that I look. And I always think like, you know, sometimes guys like, you know, any guy that's like could be buyers, like maybe like they're attracted to the guy in me. <laughs> it's like, and that's the same thing that happened with you. That could be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, I think, I think honestly, like if I had to be like really simple here, it would be I'm attracted to feminine girls that have guy tendencies. So I was always attracted to the sports girl, like the softball player that maybe had like a really cute ponytail, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was like good looking, mm-hmm. um, but still had kind of that jock. Cause I know she can hang with the dudes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, really just girls that wore tights and pantyhose all the time. Um, those were the girls that I just were like totally enamored with. Right. So they had to be sporty, but into hose because that's what you were into. But so wait, so I mean, and that's an ideal. That's a unicorn though, dude. That's a unicorn. That shit doesn't, no. Your girl doesn't wear pantyhose? Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Well, no, she doesn't. And actually, that's that whole story is 
kind of funny. So I brought that up before marriage. I actually even brought up that I'd struggled with same sex attraction even before marriage. Oh, you did kind of, we with talked her. About that. Um, not, yeah, I did because I was like, you know, I want you to be fully aware of all the struggles I had going into marriage. So just in case if something like this were to happen, she was at least like, at least she was honest with me going into it. I just thought it was like a boot. The metaphor I use, Kathy, is that I have like a buoy out in the middle of the ocean that uh-huh. I can easily navigate around because I had all this other stuff. You know, like I was functionally attracted to her. I never cohabitated really with anybody except dudes and, you know, my roommates. Yeah. And like, because I was just really focusing on profession and setting myself up in a major metropolitan city here in the States. Uh-huh. And like, you know, I just was busy as fuck. So honestly, it was like, I just busied myself to death. And then I was like cohabitation with really the first person I ever really fully cohabitated with. Was she the person and you so lost your virginity to? Were you so Christian that like you no, lost your virginity at no, marriage? No. No. Okay. okay. I lost my virginity in college. And okay. It, you know what? I actually have some funny stories looking back if you're interested in, in those. But I've just like moments where it's like, dude, now that I know what I am, it's like there's some really just good shit. Like one where I pushed a girl out of bed that she prepped it. I was in this kind of like, not a brothel house, but like this kind of communal house with literally one bathroom with men and women. Uh-huh. Like amazing, if you can think about it. Yeah. And uh, this one girl kind of snuck into my room, and she like was trying to to work her shit, and like <laughs> just because I like lived with all these people, I just like push her out of bed. I literally push her out. I was like, like she no, wanted no. to have sex with you, and you were like, no thanks. Yes. Yeah. And out of and out of like out of just like reflex of just like I know how awkward this is going to be. Like literally, it was functional. It was like for the next three days, I know I'm going to have to deal with the awkwardness here. Yeah. So I just literally fucking pushed her out of bed. I mean, like literally out of a sitcom. Right. And, and now looking you- back at that, dude, if I had a fucking desire, like if I had a dick and I was attracted to women, like I'm going to fucking have it. So it's like that's another one of those where it's like if there is a dude out there who understands that they're putting the struggle of the next three days functionally dealing with the outflow of that, and that's hitting you initially as opposed to getting off with your, you know, your dick. There's a, Something might be going through. on. And that's specifically. And that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like these small little things that not necessarily like when you reconcile it, but like if you really are honest with yourself, because that's really the story. So from the first time I put those, you know, tights and pantyhose on and as eight year old, which by the way, as a side note, when I listen to pantyhose, everybody was into the nude pantyhose. I'm into like the darker pantyhose. Oh, finally. Shit. I so thought I the no nude fucking, was on. I finally have no fucking idea of this nude <laughs> shit. Get that shit out of here. Um, well, that's because you're gay. And and you're very, really gay in, people are more fashion forward. <laughs> that's probably why you yeah, like my fucking the God, nude pantyhose. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like, God, that shit is fucking terrible. Um, um, but yes, like, so what I kind of call it is like really a buried pipeline mm-hmm. of this gay, right? It was just buried. So like, but then you'd have like these little exhaust pipes that would come up throughout, you know, my life. And, you know, they didn't stink. It didn't, you know, really have much trace, but there were those like blips in the radar, you know, like one memory that comes about is like, I had this huge stash of, you know, tights and pantyhose that I just accumulated when I was in college as a single guy, but dating women. And, like, I would feel shame, dude, after masturbating in them because I was just like, this just doesn't feel right. And I think it was the fact that I was just so in denial with my authentic self and so in denial. And this sounds very therapeutic. But what such, didn't but feel like, right? The fact that you were jerking. It were just you... didn't feel right because I was jerking off thinking about women. And right. Like that's what I was going to say. Right. To accept me for this. Right. Uh-huh. And so, like, that's in reflection. But, again, at the time, that shit is buried in a pipeline. I can't get to it consciously you didn't know at that point you you weren't like oh i I like dick and you didn't even realize because you said like i wasn't watching gay porn but any porn has a dick in it so and that's what i was looking at like did you get that that's what you were looking at when you were looking at porn? like when did you you start to come because i know that you just recently came to the conclusion that you're gay when did you start to realize okay and become honest with yourself that you were like attracted to men yeah about earlier this year so 2017 Okay, so very recently, so all those years before that, you were wearing pantyhose, getting in with women, marrying your wife, being what you quote, you know, say is quote unquote functional. You were you were in complete denial of any aspect of your attraction to men. Yeah, and and can I give an explanation as to why I think maybe some of the factors that drove that? Mm-hmm, sure. So I think there are a couple. I think. One, I grew up in a very conservative family with two brothers, so uh-huh. um, who are really, you know, were trying to. When mom came home with the single box of cinnamon toast crunch, uh, we would fight after it, and because if you didn't, you were getting the rice krispie treat. So it was very masculine, very competitive, very, you know, 
grow-oriented home. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was very much a provider, not very emotionally there. Yeah, you said that, yeah. Um, you know, so, like, when it was, like, dude, you know, just, I got, like, earrings, and my dad was, like, you know, what the fuck, like, you know, you're, you know, this is such a bad image for our last names, you know, name, like, how dare you represent us like that, and, you know, just very much, like, controlling, like, I wanted to go be a chef, and he's, like, no, fuck that, you're gonna go into a profession and get a skill, like, very, like, hands off, but then, like, when that shit hit the fan or, like, when matters happened, he was very controlling. Uh-huh. So I felt very much at a deficit. I also heard my dad say some pretty shitty things about my mom's weight. Um, right. Things like that. And I'm very right. more emotionally in tune with her. Uh-huh. I don't think I ever really got into emotional incest with her, um, but I really did get emotional. I was more emotionally in tune and very protective of my mom because... She was the person that you... Like my dad... And also your dad wasn't there for you emotionally. It was just your mom. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that is one piece. So that really, I mean, and that's the port I left, right? I mean, when you leave the home, that's your experience. Okay. So I left it, go to college. Um, I was a Christian really in high school a little bit. Like, and again, it was more mission trips, surface level shit. Yeah. Uh, going to college, kind of fade away from that lifestyle, um, get more into, okay, you know, in order to get love for my dad, I need to go work for Goldman Sachs or one of the biggest, you know, companies that can give him a hard on when he is at the country. Right. You just needed to be the man that you're, you need to be the man that your dad wanted you to be. That's what you were striving for. Because you were still trying to get your dad to like, love you. Yeah. And then I got introduced to a conservative Christian church in my area. Mm -hmm. And they are very much about biblical masculinity, which again, I, we could go on for four hours about, Certain churches being fucked up in certain ways. Yeah, we don't need to get into that. We know, of course, yeah. There's some, yeah. There's some good things from biblical masculinity, but this is one of those areas where I think it's very, very confusing because what it did is it locked me into and really forced me into really a marriage in a lot of ways because uh-huh. it's not necessarily what I really I felt rushed into it um, because really there's no sex before marriage in this specific church and. But you so had I already lost your virginity, about, right? Though. Yeah, exactly. But that was before I, you know, kind of recommitted my life to. Oh, okay. My, you know, to my faith, and so. Okay, so you became I a virgin again. <laughs> I don't really consider it that as much as just you know I'm holding out you know monogamously you know okay. I have intentions to marry her. Okay. So I did that, and then, dude, seven years you know later, you know, have not cheated on her. Um, the closest thing I did was go to a strip club with some buddies, um, which now looking back is fucking hilarious, um, and you know. The, uh, yeah, I mean, I never, uh, you know, n- even with the dudes, when I tried to affirm my, you know, gayness, like, I have not been on, like, I didn't even know what a fucking top was, dude, until about three months ago. <laughs> right. So I listened to your podcast. Yeah, you still haven't been with a guy, right? Oh, no. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. You haven't crossed that, and you told your wife. Okay, I'm not going to get a chronological sort of thing with you, because you have your story, I guess because this is so fresh in your mind and stuff. I mean, you're very good. Uh, speaker like is that what <laughs> like you talk very well and you have so much to say about what's going on right now it just sounds like you're just it's just coming out of you I don't have to ask any fucking questions you could just run this podcast yourself which is fine so I'm not going to do the chronological order I want to get though the questions that I have for you is like how did it come to be like this two weeks ago not when you found out you were gay but like what happened that made you just like that made you decide to tell your wife that you were quote unquote bi when you told her you were bi. Now yep. you're gay. Like what what happened before then, or what was going on yep. that led up to that? Because you're just pregnant, right? When you told her, yep. so yeah. So this is like you're gonna need like a flow chart or some sort of professional like fucking timeline to understand this. I'll try to do the best I can. No, I normally create... No, no, no. Listen to me. Okay. You're a very uh, take control kind of guy, which is totally cool. I don't have to do shit talking to you. It's just totally fine. (laughs) You're taking control. You're just doing your thing. You have the whole podcast down. I don't have to ask any questions. I do might need a flow chart because you're not allowing me to sort of get the crown, like take the lead and do it. You're going to do do it. it. If you... No, 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 no. I don't want to. I want you to do it. You could jump around. If I think it's getting confused, Using, I'll clarify because I'm like my listeners. I'm listening just like they are, and I don't know you from a hole in the wall just like they don't know. So if I'm fucking confused, I'll ask you. But what I want to know is what led up to you <clears throat> telling your wife. Yep. So there's factors, right? So one, as an individual, I was in therapy for four plus years. Okay. Um, my wife encouraged me to go into therapy for depression, anxiety. So you were um, having all of that. Increased lethargy. 
you know, I was part of a 12-step program. Um, you were an addict. All this stuff. I'm an addict. I'm a very compulsive person. Mm-hmm. Okay? In all those aspects, whether it's compulsive, masturbation, like literally like I'm rainbow when it comes to my compulsions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was getting handling for that. Um, we were doing marriage counseling for about the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I... You know, she is somebody who I would say is very emotionally dependent on me. And so my depression and stuff led to a bunch of issues between us communicatively. Uh And she is a phenomenal orator, which is why I think I naturally, when I get insecure, which is what I am on this podcast, I have to take control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to listen. I was just a reflex. No, I was absolutely going to say like there's a there's a defensiveness to like talking so much and keep going and going it's just like in a weird way it's like what are you afraid I'm going to ask or like let your guard up or maybe it's like what you just said with your wife like you know your nervousness there is a something going on that's making you just go full steam ahead and do it your way it's like yeah. a, it's like there's some sort of control that you have that yeah. way as opposed to me so, just asking and it coming out free flow yeah couple things I you know so this 2017 January time frame you know going into a brand new year, um, family trip came up and I got to a point during the family trip where I literally, um, I shut down. Like it was super weird. I had some suicidal thoughts through my therapy, Uh um, and all this stuff, just really confusing fucking time. Like I literally had to go check in at the front desk of a cruise ship that I was on to say, uh, no, I'm not going to hook myself off this balcony tonight, (laughs) Um, which is hilarious. And, um, and my wife didn't know it at the time, but I yeah. she knew I was having suicidal thoughts at the time, but my therapist did call the cruise line. And again, just to give you the nature of like, dude, this is pretty dire. Either I was going to have a heart attack from the increased weight gain from the Prozac and from the compulsive eating I was doing. Oh, God. Um, you were a fucking mess. Suicide. Like, I'm, I am a fucking mess still. You still are. But I'm way better. I'm, okay. I'm way better. Um, well, it was all coming to... Well, but well, four days. Okay, but listen, it was all coming to a head. You've been keeping this part of you. Like, I mean, listen, in a weird way, if I was like your friend and been friends with you through all of this, I would be like, like, wow, this is like such an important, amazing time in your life. Even though it seems like a bottom, it really is a time in your life where you are completely changing and becoming who you were really meant to be. And I think that that's amazing. And to do that at 34 is great because you're still super young, you know, and even though it's like everything is almost bad and you had to get to such a bad place to sort of figure out who you were, I think that's how it really happens in real life most of the time, you know? People don't drastically change when things are great. They drastically change because things are so fucking bad that you have no other choice because most of the time, because change is so difficult, people don't want to do it. So as bad and a mess as you are, you really, though, have done like the most amazing thing for yourself by sort of outing and yourself and coming to terms with it and talking to your wife about it and being honest that it's just like it, you're in a pretty incredible place you just can't see that now you five years from now you'll look back and be like this was the, yeah. that was like the best time of my life because it's really yeah. it's it's really good for you and all that anxiety and all that depression you might have a little bit left over you just might be that personality type but because I had that all my life and I was been sober for like 14 years and no matter how much I've cleaned up my act, I still have a little bit of that stuff. But like a lot of that's going to go away now that you're going to figure out who you really are and you're looking in the fucking mirror and you're being honest with yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? Holy, holy fuck, you're so spot on. And I know that's usually like the moment in the podcast. I'm sorry <laughs> right. to take control again. But it's yeah, like no. where you are just so fucking right. Because yeah. That's what kept coming back to like, you know, when I listened to the pantyhose episodes, I was like, man, those are cool. And then I was just flipping through the catalog. Because again, I'm not into like all the stuff that you guys have yeah. in the catalog, which I think is hilarious. But, yeah. I, you know, I definitely picked up the one of like the, the married guy who left because I was like, I'll just listen to that. And when I really wasn't ready for it. And I think it was part of my plan. to come, And this was probably what? like Because I emailed you pretty much the next day after I listened to it. So I right. you have the date. I don't. Yeah. But, uh, you know, from a timeline, I'd say maybe a month ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. A month and a half yeah. ago. And Honest to God, I was just like, screw the fucking pantyhose and tights thing. I said something to the effect of like, I need to fucking talk to this dude because my God, his story was exactly mine. And I do suggest you go back and listen to that Owens episode. I don't want to really rehash it because, and actually a lot of my story is very similar, which is, you know, there was just something wrong. We were functioning, but there was just something almost like he used the metaphor of a tree, like Mm -hmm. inside the roots were just not healthy. 
Right. You know, it might be standing, but it's just not thriving. Mm-hmm. And there's just something wrong. And, and that was manifesting itself and, and in that timeline, right? So everything is coming to a head. So I shut down, you know, I go and get fucking shit-faced on that cruise with my brother because he could just tell I was in a funk. So he's like, dude, we need to get away from the family. Yeah. And like, dude, at 34, I go fucking drink like I was a fucking 12-year-old. I mean, it's hilarious. <laughs> you know, fucking getting shitty. And I come back, dude, and it's like dinner time, and I can't, I can't even like go to dinner. Like, mm-hmm. I mean total rock bottom place and I'm not even a drinker, but it was just, it was, it was what I needed to do. Yeah. And, you know, fast forward to the, to the Owen podcast, you know, what changed between then? Well, through my therapy, I was just like, I just kept coming back to like, dude, I just doc, I feel like I have these same sex attractions and it's just, that's just the constant theme in my meditation and reflection. It's like, I don't know what it is. Like I've never been with a man, but I'm starting to peruse Craigslist or want to go see at least what men and men are doing out there so that I can see if that turns me on. And that started turning me on. Um, but that's just, great like, that you brought like, that up oh, to wanna... your, your therapist. Like that was a great thing that you went into the therapy session with that information and, you know, put it on the table. Yeah. And so I think it's the combination of therapy over the last four years. Cause I don't want to, there's no shortcuts in this shit. Okay. Right. You've got to be fucking honest. One, two, Honesty can happen with only your capacity of understanding yourself. So you can be honest with a limited capacity, but that honesty is going to chip away at your ability to have increased capacity. So what I'm trying to articulate is you're scraping up the sides to allow you to be more honest in the future, more honest in the future, more honest in the future. And that's really what happened over my years. Like, so I was like honest with the tights thing pretty early on in therapy. Uh-huh. And I was honest with the same sex attraction, you know, this year. And then like, you know, things really started to, like, the wall started really starting to crumbling a lot more fast, you know, because even my wife, I like, you know, same-sex attractions, you know, she, like, she asked me actually the question that triggered everything, I think, for me. Um, not to say this at a head, but, you know, if she ever hears this, she's going to know this is me. But it's, you know, she asked the question, like, if a dude ever romantically pursued you, because she's like, I just didn't see how you're the guy that wants to take it up the butt. Like, honestly, she said that same thing. She's like, I don't understand how you'd ever want anal sex. I was like, I kind of don't. And she's like, but have you ever thought about a man, you know, what I'm like going on a date with a man and having him romantically pursue you in a way that is loving, caring, and, and in a way, some way, you know, kind of how your dad, you know, kind of was absent or what you're at least attributing to your dad being absent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. And what I really wanted to say there was, uh, fuck yeah, like unbelievable. Like I can't believe that. And so I brought that back to therapy and I really started wrestling with that. Then that led to, um, I, I did join, you know, I started doing some research on the internet, just like, are there gay dads who've come out? Yeah. Honestly, I was just like, are there gay dads that have come out? And so I did some research and I did find, you know, an example. Um, and again, for confidentiality purposes, I can't say, but it's a group of, of, of people, um, that, you know, get together on the internet to, and in, 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 in an upright position, it's not a sex shop. Uh, where you're pulling private conversations off and masturbating. No, it's more like a support group. It's a support group and and, and, and a safe space in Mm -hmm. regards to allowing people to share. And so with that, I met a dude, and I talked about this earlier, and so I don't want to rehash it, but... The guy that you felt that connection with. Yeah. I did, and he was posting, and, you know, again, I don't want to talk about faith that much, but, you know, he was, I was asking for, you know, biblical grounding for, you know, how I can understand and contextualize this, because I'm having these feelings... And I'm made this way, in my opinion, because I look back at my history and it's like, I've always been this way. Like, as I looked and I finally started seeing kind of that pipeline I was talking about since I was age eight, I was starting to see like, damn, there's this body of work that was like an undercurrent of my entire life that the scared, fear, people-pleasing person of me had buried and repressed and denied my entire fucking life thus far. And you're right, Kathy. I'm so excited for this. I, I feel like I'm very down thus far. I'm so fucking stoked for the next 60 plus years. Um, I'm looking forward to getting my shit back together. But, like, honestly, there is a tragedy of that. Like, fuck, man, like, so much of my time. And it makes me want to cry because it's just like, fuck, man, like, all that time that, you know, if I just would have been more honest with my parents and almost honest with my brothers and all this stuff, I would have been, you know, such a happier person for all these lives, you know, years. And I wouldn't have had to ruin, you know, and I, I use the word ruin because, I mean, dude, we built a life together with my wife and kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, very hard for her, too. And yeah. Co parent. Mm-hmm. And we need to fucking be real with that. Wait, wait, stop. Because when you told your wife, how many, I need questions answered, okay? Like, just specific questions. When, like, you took, you were taking stuff to your therapist about a same-sex, like, attraction and stuff. And did you, was it, like, did he sort of suggest to you that you should tell your wife that you 
are having these feelings and how many months pregnant yeah. was she when you went home and told her did she come into a therapy session and you guys all sat down together how did you tell her and what did you say yeah so she was already pregnant with the third kid so right i know that how yeah and then we got pregnant with the third kid and that really was the trigger for me because my life was already spread so thin i mean i have a busy job did you know way too many i, I was an overcommitter because i just didn't want to face the realities of my <coughs> in the mirror so how many months pregnant and was so she that, when you told her? Three. Okay. And now, did, was, did you tell her at home by yourself? Did your therapist suggest that she come in by and you guys tell her together? So what made you just by do it on that day? Your therapist said you need to come clean and you should just tell her. And then you went home. She came home from work or whatever. And you're like, oh, I have I something to tell you? That, that night. And what yeah, did you I did s- it that night. And I think it's just, I just told her that I'm struggling with same-sex attraction. And I think that I'm bisexual. And I didn't know at the time, like, really what, what that meant, but just I'm, I'm actually more oriented towards dudes. And what did she say? Um, I mean, did and, she start crying? Did she get freaked out? Was she just yes. like, okay. Oh, my God. She was a wreck, and, mm-hmm. as she should be. Yeah. I mean, because her future is shaking, and I'm very compassionate about that shit. Um, so she starts crying. Thank God you waited until she was three months because, you know, within that three-month time, she could, like, have a miscarriage. <laughs> like, you, like, that was right around the time the pregnancy gets to be pretty safe. But anyway, so you tell her, right? She's hysterical, yeah. flipping out, right? And, yeah. like, had you figured out what you wanted to do with her at that point? Like, had you and your therapist sort of discussed? Because, like, I mean, you're going to lay that on her, but then she's eventually, when she gets over the shock of it, going to be like, what does this mean, uh you know, in regards to me and you and our marriage and our family, like, had you already figured out that you a yeah. wanted to leave her or you want to stay with her? Like, what were you? What was your plan? How did it, your future with her look like to you or with you and your therapist? What did you discussed? Yeah, great question. I think this is where I think things will you know gel for you. So yeah, yeah so I came out as that bi to her, and I think the you know I think as an openly bi person. You know, I can just say, hey, I have same-sex attraction, which is fine. So, like, I can find – it enabled me to have the freedom to be able to say, hey, like, I think that guy's good-looking, okay? Um, it doesn't mean that I can just go to Craigslist now and, you know, have sex with dudes. But what it means, though, is I wanted to stay in the marriage, okay? Okay, so, so you wanted had to you wanted to stay like, in the marriage but let her know that you were attracted to men and so that you wouldn't have to hide that so much. But you still weren't at the point where you yep. wanted to go have sex with guys. Nope. Okay. Absolutely not. And so I was like, yeah, that's functional and all this stuff. And then, but I was like, I still need to research what this means because I really think there's an education play here. And when I say by play, it's like I needed to research more as to what gay looked like. Like what, what, what really makes gay people gay? And that's really what I think during that, you know, remaining, you know, next three months, which is really up to about today, is where I started getting into your podcast and things like that just to find out like more about my pantyhose fetish, to find out more about you know, what gays look like and, and how they contextualize why they are the way they are. Because I think the common thing that you even say on this podcast a lot is a lot of gay people who come from a straight side didn't necessarily want to choose to be this way, but they've just gotten to a point where they've accepted it. And mm-hmm. that's my case where I was bisexual and I didn't have really enough evidence. I know it sounds crazy, but evidence to say, you know, I, I can still make this work. I had enough evidence to say this can still work. We can still have a very functional life, but I'm kind of grieving the fact that I have this, you know, disease that I got to live with with same sex. You know, I got to, dude, this is going to be tough. You know, it's the yeah, but do you call it a disease, a quote unquote, because that like that's like your Christian no, background, right? I'm just trying to both, both. I think it's just an articulate way of saying. It's just, I carry it with me as like something in my baggage all the time. It's baggage. You know? No, I, I would say the opposite. I, I think baggage is all the fucking lot. Like, I think baggage is like your, your straight part of you. <laughs> I think the, 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 yeah. the good, that's the disease. The, the good part of you is the gay part of you. That's who you were probably born. That's probably who you just are. I don't know so much that, because I think that there's plenty of guys that, you know, grew up without a male figure or a father that wasn't really emotionally there and they're they're not gay. I don't know that that's all of the reason why you're gay. You know, it, it could be just a, like, you know what I mean? Like, even if you had your father totally there, like, I think, you know, because there's that nature nurture thing, you know, I don't know so much about, I, I mean, I have to assume that there probably is some nurturing that goes on that maybe could maybe sway somebody one way or another, but I typically tend to think that people are, you know, born gay or straight, right? And it's just like, it is who you are. So I just think, like I said, I don't think the disease for you is, 
the gay part of you. I think it's the straight part of you because that's the, that's the lie. That's what's been making you so miserable. You're, you know, you're not miserable because you're gay. You're miserable because you weren't being gay. Really? You're miserable because you were straight. Kathy dropping the truth bombs, and you're right. And as of today, you're exactly right. Um, but the, I was trying to come at it from, you know, what it was like to live that out. You know, yeah. When I was by, which is, I looked at it as a disease. But I think, again, I will acknowledge and validate exactly what you're saying, which is when I can look in the mirror now, like even my wife is like, dude, you're so light. And again, we'll get to that. But I just, yeah. So, again, so I go, I just want to make sure we understand the timeline. So three months in, you know, I tell her that, I'm bisexual, <laughs> you know, then I'm researching more and more. And then I have this conversation last week with this dude and I find out. And then, but then I was like, I'm going to roll this through the loophole of my therapist. It's like, I got to tell this guy that I pretty much almost had an orgasm in my pants without having sex, let alone even flirting with this dude. Um, and it was because of the emotional aspect. That's a, oh, that's the kicker. God. Yeah. Yes. Cause I'm at this point you already knew you were attracted to Dick. This was like yeah. the emotion. Absolutely. So that's a whole new thing. If, that's what I'm saying. Literally, it was like an oil geyser. I mean, just fucking blew my fucking brain. I, I'll just give you some specifics. I was like at an airport lounge in a private phone room having this conversation with this dude, and I had work to do, and I was like, I just cannot stop talking to this dude. And literally, like, I was like buzzing like a fucking 18-cup coffee day in like the best fucking way. And then I literally got first class upgrade, <laughs> fucking drink champagne all the way out. And I like celebrated to myself. I'm like, dude, I'm finally gay. So I know exactly the time and date <laughs> when I came up gay. myself and I'll always be able to look back. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, and so I knew though at that moment last week, literally last week that I am, and, and you didn't even know this, Kathy, like that I am fucking gay. Okay. Yeah. No, and you told me you were bi. Your story. And uh-huh. I know Owen, and I know Owen said it when he's like, dude, once I met with a dude or hooked up with a dude, he's like, I know it's totally gay. Like right. that part of that podcast stayed with me because I was like, fuck, dude, that's exactly what happened to me. So I want to encourage people out there that are listening to this that might be struggling with that, that, yeah, like maybe you'll have that one moment and mine fucking happened weirdly at an airport lounge with fucking champagne. You know, who knows where yours is going to be. And, yeah. You know, but then I'm like, fuck, now I have this, you know, because again, I have an honesty, you know, I'm, a, I'm somebody who just can't lie. So I'm yeah. very honest, but weirdly to my capacity, right? So now I have this new capacity of, fuck, I'm really honest with myself, but now I kind of have to reconcile this with my wife. You know, she deserves to know. But yeah. I also am like, fuck, I'm going to give this first crap draft to her of like, I'm gay. And then next thing you know, I'm going to be fucking living in a hotel room, you know, because that could be what happens or this and there. So I was like, luckily I had a therapist session scheduled later that week. So I was like, I'm just going to do that. Well, unfortunately my timing doesn't always happen. So my wife and I were planning on having, not having the kids last weekend. And so I had a full weekend with her. And I'm not saying I saw that as an opportunity. I didn't. If anything, I was like, fuck, dude, this is going to be insane. I got to hold this thing back for a whole weekend with her and try to build a friendship. Because, you know, she knows that I was by at the time. You know, I told her. And she's like, we just need to build up our romance. And, you know, that's why we're getting rid of the kids. And I think it was partially a test from her to be like, does he really love me? Yeah. Uh huh. Lusting and this, that, and the other. And so there was a lot of things at play there um, that I was forecasting. And I think she was forecasting as well. And, you know, I'm on the, literally on the plane ride back. And this is just so fucking sweet. It's so funny. Um, so I literally, you know, was texting her, hey, you know, I'm hopping on the plane, can't to see you, looking forward to the weekend. And I really was. Like, I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not fake with regards to that. But at the same time, I was very concerned. I was like, fuck, I got to hold this thing the, the whole weekend. And she's like, you know, and I said, best friends, period. You know, kind of to like say, you know, because I really want to show her my commitment. And I think subliminally what I was saying there was like, I'm not going to want to be romantic with you. And she's like, huh? And then I was like, you know, and I started going back and forth with her on chat, and she ultimately said, "You know, is there something you need to tell me?" And oh I just God, told her, poor thing. I'm gay. Wow. And I fucking told her right over messenger, literally with over like, messenger. The fucking door. Oh my yeah, God, that's like on a post it. She fucking wanted it. It was like the fucking worst. I'm flying back. You're not even there the for her to like kind of call and talk. Oh God. There, but I can't let it go any that's farther. That's fucked she up. Is tenacious you can tell me to my face Kathy that is fucked up and I get it um, but she's somebody who wants to know she nags the shit out of me until she gets it and <laughs> I couldn't lie anymore I broke it. no 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 I don't think it's fucked up uh, that you told her I think it's just fucked up when you told her like oh by the way this is it and now I'm going to be in the air and you can't contact me <laughs> 
Yes. And so I, but I'm, I'm a man enough to get right back on. And of course the 48 texts of like, who the fuck are you? And all this shit, like, and stuff that I would probably say too, if the same thing's happening to me. Um, so again, I have empathy there. And so you no, had like a sure text okay message with. back and forth about you being yes. gay. So she flips out, right? Oh, she's like, what am I supposed to fucking do? Like you just ruined the rest of my life. And, yeah. You know, all this stuff. Because I told her, and she's like, I said, I'm 100%. Like, it is not by anymore. And she's like, well, what the fuck happened? And, you know, I didn't, I just told her. I was like, I talked to a dude in the safe space, and you can believe what you want, but I literally didn't flirt or have any phone sex or video sex. And, you know, I don't even know what fucking Tinder is. And, you know, you know, I, I didn't do any of those things. And, Ultimately, it was just like I had this fucking emotional, almost sexual experience just talking with a dude. And she's like, oh, my God, like, have you told anybody? And I was like, well, I told a friend of mine who was part of kind of a, a, a sounding board to bounce shit off of. And I said, dude, I had this experience. Is this really it? And he's like, dude, fucking totally it. And I was like, okay, great. So then when she asked me, like, what are you talking about? I was like, I talked to this person. And again, for confidence. You know, yeah, that's why. That's why. Yeah. Supporting me. And like, she's like, how fucking dare you go talk to somebody before coming to me? And I was like, well, I needed to tell somebody. It was like fucking 515 this morning when I, you know, I, I really knew about it. And Yeah, but you could understand why she'd be sure. freaked out because I would, she would yes. think that it, the most important person to tell would be like your family, you know, because that's who gets affected exactly. by it the most. Uh-huh. Exactly. And so in all of this clarity, you can never tell somebody it's going to be perfect. That's the thing I want people to get. Like, it totally, is, it was a yep. show. it's always going to be a bad time. It's always going to be a bad time. Yeah. It's always going to be, be the bad. wrong time. Honestly, yeah. My recommendation is just, just rip do it. it. Band-aid, uh, let yeah. it bleed out. And You're it's right. It bled like a totally. thing. And so I get off the plane back in the hometown and then, you know, drive to see her. We took off the rest of the day. I, I, I called my supervisor. And again, I, I work pretty intense. And so I was like, dude, I need to take the rest of the day off personal emergency, um, emergency level shit. So we go and talk and, I mean, dude, she gives me the fucking ride order, as you expected. So I just, but I was, but, but, but I want to tell people is like, in all of that chaos outside of it, it was like for the first fucking time, Kathy, after having those experiences the previous two days, I could look at myself in the mirror and I was ready for that moment, dude. I was ready to get punched in the face. I was ready for her to be frustrated, yell at me. So it was almost like the Matrix movie where it's like, you finally had control over your own emotions. I wasn't triggered. I wasn't fucking being as defensive as I am even on this call. You know, I, I just took it uh-huh. you know, and I, I heard her and I fucking got it. She's like, what, what? She got to a point where she literally was like in her hands, like, what, where the fuck do we go? Yeah. Where do like, you well, go? Here's what I think we should do. I know. And so where we're at and this is kind of leading to where we're at today is, you know, I'm asking her for permission, you know, to consider getting out of the marriage, but also going to marriage counsel and keeping all the options on the table. Two, I want to make sure she understands that, you know, this is authentic and real, that I've been in denial for my entire life. Um, and this is a realization that is a lifetime realization. I do want to commit to co-parenting the rest of the, you know, this life. And I think I even told her in a way, too, this is going to open me up to be such a better fucking dad, um, you know, to, to my kids. And I'm so fucking excited to be a great dad to them because now I can be so much more authentic. I could look my two boys in the eye and we're expecting a girl and I can look all three of them in the fucking face and say, dad was honest and I'm honest. And yes, our fucking family is going to be like a fucking sitcom or Jerry Springer <laughs> shit. But you know what, dude, at the end of the fucking day, I'm going to be able to die happy. Mm-hmm. Like that's like the shit, you know, it's like, yeah, my legacy might be a little bit whack, but like, it's not whack. Have it's you, authentic to who I am. And you know what? Damn it. You know, I'm fucking stoked for it. I'm ready. Are you ready to come out to everybody else in your family or have you already done that? Great question. So um, it's a two-way street, right? So I did not hold my wife back from speaking to anybody. If she wanted to go fucking to Facebook and throw that shit up there, yeah. right ahead. Uh-huh. Uh, she didn't. Um, because I I believe the the single spouse in this is the fucking victim. Like I'm straight, straight up saying it. Like they're in this situation, they're the victim. So you have to be compassionate with them mm-hmm. and allow them to grieve the way that they need. So I was like, you can do what you want. But, but the conversation we had really did kind of pause her. Cause she really just needed to know I was planning on, she wants to see me happy. She saw me, you know, binge drink. She's the one who saw me getting heavier. She's the one who saw me go through all those fucking therapy sessions. So she saw everything. She 
saw how happy I was. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was very compassionate, compassionate with me in the long run, Kathy, with all with with, with regards to all this. And so, that's you know, great. I think she really did have a heart for me. Where she's like, dude, yeah, like fuck, like you know, let's, let's just see where this goes. I mean, obviously, I'm probably 99% sure I'm at least. So she's told some friends confidants and actually one of her friends is ironically a therapist who validated my fucking experience to her to my wife she's like dude i've seen people like this Mm -hmm. that have these emotional experiences and they come out and she said it's very normal um obviously she was pretty pissed at me like because we're friends i know her very well she was pissed at me that i did it when my you know wife and her friend the the, the therapist friend who was my wife you know was pregnant i mean she's like that's fucked up and i agree that that's fucking fucked up um but you know, overall, she's like, no, totally normal. And that really gave my wife this veil of confidence and calmness that, gosh, was like fucking huge for the weekend. So now, for the weekend. you know, Friday, and I have the rest of the fucking weekend. And so, <laughs> no, know, what about the weekend, a, I was able to yeah. fucking iron some of the shit out. So she's talked to her friends. I've talked to the only person I've told as far as my younger brother, who I told that I had two settled thoughts about four months ago. Um, cause shit was getting way out of control. And so that brought us all to tears. My wife was on the call because I couldn't get through the call. I but that's major now. that you told your to brother too. You told that you told your younger brother. That's great. That's a big thing. And that was right? really fucking huge. So my parents don't know her parents don't know. Um, that's probably on the docket, but I think we also need kind of a, a therapy session together before we do that. And so again, I don't want to turn this into a fucking pragmatic shit. Like this is a, about turning people on through the podcast. So I get that. Um, no, but, I, what do you mean? I'm always making jokes about how I cock block the the good stuff because I don't care about that stuff. I think that the okay, people are going to okay, be listening well, to this episode the same way you listened. And the, for the some people just listen because they're curious, okay. like I am. But some people are going to be listening the same way you listen to Owen's podcast, and they're listening because yeah. maybe they don't even realize it, but they're in the same position. So the pragmatic stuff is interesting too yeah. because it helps them. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you for giving me that, you know, assertion because it is just kind of like one of those things where I'm not, not, I'm not here to entertain people, but I also am here to give people a raw hyperbole of it all, which is it's fucking amazing to be able to look at myself in the mirror. My wife gave me feedback that I've never seen you this calm before in your entire fucking life. Uh-huh. Um, you seem like you love to talk to me now where you didn't before. Um, you're just fucking amazing around the kids this last weekend. And she's like, in a weird way, she's like, why the fuck could you be this way during our marriage? Right. Because- and then so there is some weird fucking kind of like we swing back and forth where she's like, well, wait, like if he's like this and he still does like love me, why can't, you know? And so that's where like the pragmatic shit kind of needs to come back in play here where it's like at some point I need to kind of not put the walls up, but we need to kind of start either our own trajectory or trajectory back together because this kind of, we're in a period of stagnation where we need to choose some pretty serious choices, which is, you know, do we separate but still, you know, focus on co-parenting and, and this, that, and the other, which is pretty much a staple. That's pretty much a done deal. But, you know, I just don't foresee this based on how crazy I felt and how happy I was in those emotions and feelings um, to see myself having a long-term healthy relationship roots-wise, similar to what Owen said, with my wife. I just don't think over a long period of time it's going to satisfy her the way and, and or you, because what's going to happen is you're going to be pushing down that feeling. But because you had like a little glimpse of it, you know, it's it's going to be hard to su- su- suppress it. Right. And then what are you going to do? Become one yeah. of these other guys that I've had on my podcast and you're going to be living a double life well, and yeah. having secret lives, you know, secret boyfriends. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to get into all that yeah. because you're already Absolutely. more than halfway there. You've come out to your brother, which is huge. He could go tell the rest of your family for you if you want. You've come out to your wife, which is huge at the worst time imaginable. And she's coping <laughs> and dealing and you guys are still communicating and, you know, through it. So it's just like you could see the finish line. You're most likely going to leave her as you should because you're a gay man. Because, listen, if you really care about her, you want her to be in a satisfying relationship, too. You know, she's not she's not completely fulfilled either. You know, absolutely. And actually, that's one of the triggers. I don't think I really highlight was that she said i'm lonely when i was around her actually i did yeah you know, she was lonely. yeah I'm yeah they're like how the fuck are you lonely i'm around you all the fucking time because um, you could never you know, give her that full thing that she's looking for just like she could never give it to you right. so she'll eventually exactly. have somebody else as well yeah so you'll both be better That's off eventually 
Yeah, but you'll both be better off eventually when she meets somebody. Uh, you know, it's hard though. It's hard for a woman with three kids. She's going to have an infant soon, you know, and what is she going to do? Go date? Like it's like, you know, and you're going to be like having the best time of your life because you just come into your own and she's going to be like, what the fuck? Like, you know, <laughs> what does she do? I, you know, I feel a little bit more sorry for her because she may have yep. a harder time of it because like you say, she's more of the victim in this situation. It's kind of like, you know, you take a shit in her backyard and then you go on and she's got to clean up a lot of it, you know, yeah. in her own life because she's, exactly. she still is the same person, but she's just like, yeah. you know, the rug has been pulled from beneath her. Whereas you're yeah. like just coming into your own and, you know, you could meet a guy very soon after, right? And start to have an emotional connection with them and start to experience all this new stuff that you want. Eventually though, Please, if we talk five years from now, your wife is also going to move on, meet another guy, have a really great relationship, and that's going to be good for her as well. You know, so it's... So for for me, again, the pragmatics of this is stability is the word that comes to mind. So, and again, I'm not faking this. This is authentic. Like, my focus for the next probably 12... I mean, you can't leave a fucking newborn baby. I don't care who you are. You know, with a single mom of... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. Doing fucking dudes. You can't fucking do that. So... My commitment really is to, to really the next 18 months or so um, shelve, not repress, and it's a very important word for me to yeah, say. Yeah, uh-huh, is, totally. You know, I have all these things. I'm shelving the actions and behaviors of that. Like, I'm still going to feel what I feel and be fucking authentic, but I'm going to focus on all that fucking depression, anxiety, weight gain, all the fucking things, and, and, and do the self-care side of this for the next 12 to 18 months, but also be a fucking great parent, be a great friend, yeah, a uh, deep friend of my wife. I, I might need to probably start cutting off the wild sex, you know, like we did last night. But, you know, you know, but still support her. And sometimes you need that, like that, that sex, you know, just periodically to like kind of show her how committed you are. Like, and then I am still functional in all this shit. But like once I go out, it, I think it might be like once you go black, you never go back. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to I just go, keep your. Yeah, I God, think. Never go back. Yeah, you guys are gonna obviously keep the lines of communication and, like you said, the total transparency between each other. Um, so if you ever cross that line and you go to some a, a guy within that time period, within the next 18 months while you're sort of supporting her and the baby, you know, emotionally, like, you know, you'll have discussions with her. But I think, you know, just let it unfold the way that it does. I'm assuming the wild sex just happened last night and it happened. And, you know, you're going to be giving up like like you're going to be putting to rest like a huge part of you, right? To become like the gay part of you. So like, you know, that will teeter off while you become the other person and it'll just happen organically. And I think it's great that, you know, you will be able to have some time to sort of pull away from your wife and go into that new life. And you know what I'm saying? Instead of it just happening so drastically because she got so angry and kicked you out of the house, you know, that could have been a very big possibility, but that didn't happen. So I think it's like great the way it's happening. I want to see how it plays out. You know, I think that, you know, uh, in two weeks from now, there could be a whole other story going on. I don't know why I say that, but I just feel that way with you. Like you're on a, a massive high right now and things seem to be really great for four days. You said four days. <laughs> so I don't know. If, I, I do believe overall, though, you're in like a great place, right? I think like things will go back and forth and, and stuff, you know, because it just will because you guys are going through like a crazy time. But I think eventually when you settle in it'll most likely be without her and with but i i would love to like you know just because i think that the story is something that other people might want to hear because they might want to go through this at some point and they haven't taken that leap you know so it was like i would love to do like you know uh, another podcast and when you get with a guy for the first time you know at at those times of this story right to sort of figure out what's or not figure out but hear what happens to you and your relationship with your wife and the relationship with the guy when you actually take that step, you know, because that's like the next part, that's the next chapter in the story, right? Totally. And, 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 and I really thought a lot about before even coming on this is like, do I even want to do this? And it was like the amount of pain and stress and anxiety and all this shit that I was going through just right. kind of in some, right. I needed to tell people my story. And so really the purpose and hope and spirit of bringing this to you guys is that, nobody should ever feel like they lose hope because I really was getting pretty low in my hope. Uh, yeah, you were ready to jump off the boat. You were ready to jump off the boat. Yeah. And it's like literally you're having those thoughts and I don't think I would have ever taken the action on it, but it was just like, 
needed. But some people would, you know, that's a scary place to be. Okay. Depression, hardcore depression, suicidal thoughts. You know, so if you want to connect with me, go through Kathy. I'm more than happy to. Yeah. Because let me just say that you had emailed me and you wanted to connect with Owen, but I didn't have his email because I emailed him through through Craigslist and his ad, when those ads go away, sometimes if I don't have, you know, and I never keep anyone's phone numbers. I send you all the emails he had sent me, but I didn't have it. So if Owen's listening, A, he'd like to talk to you, email me Owen. Okay. And you will talk to him. But if somebody else is in your position, it would be great. Like you could Absolutely. support them. It would probably be helpful for you to help somebody because you said at some point in this podcast that you're like, oh, you, you know, you wish it, you could have been more honest years ago because then you wouldn't have to gone through everything. But I think at the end of the day, because we can't go back and change time, we have to be happy with exactly the way things played out because like you know it happened for a reason and if that reason is that you help other people because of what you went through and you know things from both sides right you're not somebody that's always been out you know you were someone that was completely in the closet like and that could be that could be a part of you that is winds up to be good because you become more understanding and you could actually help other people. Do you know what I mean? So that could be, uh, you could look at that in a, in a good way as opposed to like a negative, right? Cause that's all we got. Like I said, you can't go back and change that, but maybe that becomes something that like, you know, makes you an expert and you could help people because you are very well-spoken and you are pretty honest now that you're in a more honest place. And I think that you actually can help people and that'd be great. So if anybody's going through this and wants to talk to you, Marco, I'll put you guys in touch. But like I said, I want to know the next chapter, which is when you actually get with a guy or you leave your wife or whatever. So we could keep up with the story. Like I'm curious, I'm curious of how it progresses. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And uh, thanks again, Kyle, for your time. And yeah, please do reach out. Like don't hold it in. Yeah, no, I, I will send any emails over to you if anybody is listening and wants to hear. And the great thing about podcasts is they live online for forever. It's not like just the week that I air it. Do you know what I mean? Someone could find it six months from now, you know? So uh, you, you never know. But uh, thanks so much for calling in and yep. keep in touch, please. And good luck with everything. Hey, thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks. Bye, Marco. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone? To anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.